Take your Bibles to 2 Samuel chapter 16. 2 Samuel chapter 16. This will be a relatively short message tonight. I hope you don't get upset about that. I don't know Baptists don't get upset about short much. One time I preached an hour and a half. I barely took a breath. I was asked as a guest speaker, uh, my wife was there, I was asked as a guest speaker at this little church out in the country, and they had a potbelly stove in the middle of the church. You all remember, anybody remember potbelly stove in the middle of the church? Not many, there aren't many. This was the last remnant of that kind of deal. For in, in the, When it got cold, they'd throw some wood in an old potbelly stove and People sat kind of like this, you know, around. The potbelly stove was in the middle, and they sat around the potbelly stove facing the front. And the preacher would be up front there. I was making enough of my own heat. But I preached for an hour and a half. I came around on my way home. I always asked for, I always, I always with intrepidation, asked my wife, uh, you have any things you'd like to say about? What went on today? And she goes, well, an hour and a half? I go, no way I preach that long. She said, yeah, hour and a half. Needless to say, I never got another invite back there. And so I guess I shot everything I had and didn't want no more. So that won't happen tonight. But Second Samuel, I want to just go over this briefly. Read a lesson that we all we all need. We all need this. Um, <clears throat> the uh, title for this is "What about Shimei?" What about Shimei? I'm just going to read it, and then we're going to go back with a few comments on it. Second uh, Samuel sixteen five. Let me give you a little background. Absalom. First of all, let me go back to David sinning with Bathsheba. There's a group of people out there that believe that the grace of God, when you ask forgiveness, totally forgives the sin to a place where there's no consequences. God forgives the sin, but never to the consequences unless unless he makes an exception. Most of the time, the consequences roll on because the consequences are encapsulated in the sin. It's like taking that little tiny time pill, contact. There's these hundreds of little tiny time capsules that release at different times. You cannot sin and become a better person. It does not make you a better person. It has consequences that change you. And in the case of David, where he did such an absolute obnoxious, public sin as a leader, the king. No one is a sweet psalmist of Israel. So you got to think, to whom much is given, much is required. Get that and get it good, because it's true. Uh, the more responsibility, the more privilege you are given in the kingdom of God, the more responsibility you will have with God. And that can be great. Or it can be hard. Either way it goes. So he failed with Bathsheba. Then 
wasn't good enough. He killed her husband, Uriah. At any time along that process, he could have stopped it and said, I've committed adultery with another man's wife, and I'm going to confess it, and not killed Uriah. And Uriah may have demanded that he be stoned. And by the way, Bathsheba would have been stoned also. She didn't cry out. And so, because she didn't cry out, she'd have been stoned also. She was complicit with the sin. And he maybe was afraid that Uriah would say, well, according to the law of Moses, you both of you are supposed to be, I don't know how in the world you're going to get away with killing the king, and he'd have to be willing to be killed, I suppose. But he, he was evidently afraid of what was going to happen, so he tried to connive some way. Man, oh man, he knew better. Try to hide his sin, right? Didn't work out. You know, didn't work out. God will never, if God, and God loves us, he loves us. He's never going to let that go. Because he loves you, he's not going to let it go. There's consequences for our sin. So one of the consequences that breaks my heart when I re- every time I read the passage is Nathan the prophet said that a sword will not leave your home, your house. There's going to be conflict within your home from here out. Wow. Now, he didn't know what that meant. But, of course, you know what it means by reading the history of Tamar, Amnon, Absalom. And when Absalom rose up against him and won the heart of the people, as he'd be a better king than David. And he came into Jerusalem basically to kill his dad and to kill everybody that was with his dad, right? I mean, that's what the deal was. You know that. He was coming in there to kill his dad, kill everybody that was for his dad, all the Joab and all the heads heads of his army, and he was going to kill them all and establish himself on their blood, if it would be, as king of Israel. Wow. David had to know that that was a result of his sin. And that's why I believe in this passage that we're getting ready to read, he responds the way he does, in in part. He responds the way he does. And when King David came to Behurim, behold, thence came out a man. He's he's leaving Jerusalem. He's got his major uh, men with him, his his men of war with him. Not a lot, not not a large group, but a group that would decide to go with him. And they're leaving. They're hightailing it, as they say in the south, out of Jerusalem so that there's not a confrontation between the forces of Absalom and the forces of David, and many, many, many people die. So David doesn't want that confrontation. He doesn't want, it. He doesn't want more, people, more people to die because of his sin, which he knows that he's got to know that this is all going on because of what he did. And so he's on his way out. He figures he's just going to take his whipping, and leave, but he doesn't want, want to kill his son. Whatever he does, whatever happens, he doesn't want to kill Absalom. He doesn't want Absalom killed. So they're on their way out, and there came a man on their way out, his family of the house of Saul. Well, you know, he displaced Saul, but it really wasn't David that displaced Saul. David was out keeping sheep. 
It was God who displaced Saul. Samuel got a hold of uh, Jesse and said, where are you? These are all your kids, and there's another one out keeping sheep. Bring them in. When he came in, he said, this is the one God's picked. It wasn't David that wanted to be king. It wasn't David that said, I want to be the head over Israel. It was God that told David, you're going to be my king in the place of this man named Saul. But David, as you know, reading down through uh, this, this area of the Bible, that David had a high regard for God's choosing. The Bible says, touch not mine anointed. David set that as a precedent in the children of Israel. If God anointed somebody, leave them alone. Let God deal with them. God anointed them. God anointed Saul. God called Saul. He anointed Saul. Let God take care of Saul. But all the people around David wanted David to take care of Saul, didn't they? There was a constant temptation for David to take his own vengeance on Saul, take Saul out, and become king. But David didn't want it that way. David wanted God to do it. God was the one that called him in there. And David wanted God to make it happen. And because if he, if he did it that way, there would be so much more peace and a, a long-lasting kingdom. So this man from the house of Saul, who's, by the way, now Saul's gone, David's king, established, both, both in all 12 tribes, whose name was Shimei, the son of Gera, and he came forth and cursed still as he came. And he cast stones at David and at all the servants of the king David and all the people and all the mighty men were on his right hand and on his left. Wow. And thus Shimei, when he cursed, said, Come out, come out, thou bloody man, thou man of Belial. The Lord, I love how spiritual people get. The Lord hath returned upon thee all the blood of the house of Saul, in whose stead thou hast reigned. And the Lord hath delivered the kingdom into the hand of Absalom thy son. Behold, thou art taken in thy mischief, because thou art a bloody man. Well, David has slain his ten thousands, and Saul has slain his thousand. David did have a lot of blood on his hand as a man of war. He couldn't even build the temple. He wanted to build a temple for God, and God said, No, there's too much blood on your hands. I'll let your son do it. Your son will not be a man of war, Solomon, and I'll let him do it. Then said Abishai, the son of Zariah, that was some of the uh, three major players, these sons of Zariah, under the king. Why should this dead dog... Now, for you dog owners here tonight, I want to make something real clear. There's nothing lower in the Bible than a dog. And lower than that is a dead dog. I know we live in an inordinate, a day of inordinate affection, and where people love animals more than they do humans, they really do. They, on an overall big basis, they love animals much more than they do human beings. <clears throat> I forgot how many billion, billion, billion dollars we spend on dog food, <clears throat> cat food. <clears throat> and we got people, we got homeless people everywhere that need to be squared away and need to be helped. We're upside down in that area. There ain't no doubt in my mind at all. Uh, but nevertheless, I really made a lot of points with that one. 
Why should this dead dog curse my Lord the King? Let me go over, I pray thee, and take off his head. And the king said, this is his reaction, What have I to do with you, you sons of Zariah? So let him curse, because the Lord hath said unto him, Curse David. Well, that's insightful. Who shall then say, Wherefore hast thou done so? If God's told the guy to curse me, who are you telling him not to curse me? And David said to Abishai and all the servants, Behold, my son, which came forth out of my bowels, seeketh my life. How much more now may this Benjamite do it? Let him alone. Let him curse. And this is an unbelievable statement. For the Lord had bidden him. The Lord had bidden him. David understood God as few people have and as few people do. But he understood maybe we can understand too. It may be that the Lord will look on mine in affliction that the Lord will requite me good for this cursing this day. And as David and his men went by, the way Shimei went all along hillside over against him, cursed as he went, threw stones at him, cast dust up, Cast, up, cast dust, and the king and all the people that were with him came weary, refreshed themselves there. Everybody needs a Shimei in their lives. Many of you may have a Shimei in your life, or you've had a Shimei in your life. And in some cases, some of you will have a Shimei in your life. I wish everybody loved me. And the more I think about it, I really wonder why they don't. I'm so sweet, mild, gentle. I love little babies. I love pigs. You would almost have to have been in a place of leadership over a group of people to understand how it feels to be criticized and attacked when all you really want to do is help them. The devil often strikes at your lowest time. In other words, he waits till the opportune low time to pop you, which is what he did here. To David. The devil is merciless there. So he was leaving. Think of what David was doing. He was leaving everything he held valuable. Everything he held dear. He left his throne. He left his house. He left his wives. He left his people that he loved. People that loved him people he had gone to war with, people he had conquered the land with. A few of them, of course, went with him. But he was leaving it all. And far as he knew, he was leaving, period. There's no indication he thought he was coming back. His reign over Israel was over. 
his time of, of power was over. The people had voted on a new guy. They wanted this guy, Absalom, to rule over them, not David. So who is this man, Shimei? Who is this guy? Well, he's a relative of Saul, same tribe of Benjamin. He knew that David had not shed one drop of Saul's blood or his relatives after he had taken the throne. He knew that David had reason to kill Saul because Saul had unjustly persecuted him as a criminal and tried to kill him for some 15 years. After he was anointed by Samuel, he was persecuted and it was tried to be, they tried to kill him for some around 15 years. He still denied the truth that his Shimei did in the face of all this trouble his family had. Instead of allowing and realizing it was Saul's trouble that he disobeyed God and wouldn't follow the instructions of God, he blames David for the trouble. So who was Shimei? Well, he was a hard loser. He was bitter. He, was, he had a terrible grudge. And he was full of hate and vengeance. And I have here in my notes, he was crazy. He was crazy. Why? Who would come out against an army of angry, grieving, heart-sick men who had just been forced to flee their homes, businesses, cities, and families, and were facing an uncertain future. That was David and his men. Who would come out to them, which are proven men of war, some of the best men of war in the whole country, and you would, you would throw stones at them, cast dust up, and call them bloody men. Your leader is wicked, he's bloody, he's the son of Belial. I think Shimei was a little crazy. They say amen to that? I mean, he, he had like a death wish. The boy had a death wish. He wanted to die. What was the man doing? What was he doing? Well, he was attacking David's person with vivid cussing and cursing. Publicly. He was attacking David's character, calling him a son of Belial, which means a worthless one. He was attacking David's reputation. You're a usurper. You didn't get this throne the legitimate way. Though, man, of anybody I've read in the Bible, David got it legitimately. He had two times, two times uh, able to kill Saul, didn't do it. Held these men back. Men right beside him said, look, I'll thrust him through one time. I won't thrust twice. I'll kill him. Just it'll be over. Leave him alone. Let God take vengeance upon him. Well, you and I have trouble with that, don't we? Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay you can go ahead and take your vengeance, but it won't be sweet. And because you're not perfect, you're not going to take the right kind of vengeance. And in taking the vengeance, you're going to displease God and cause some judgment to come your way. But if you let God take vengeance because he's perfect, he takes perfect vengeance. And you're innocent of the blood or whatever he decides to do to that individual. I told this story over and over again. I love to tell it about my neighbor's dog. It's one of the closest times in my life 
that I ever came to taking personal vengeance. Now, this dog came over and attacked my child. Troy was about eight or so, nine years old. And their dog would come in my yard and attack my kid. You know, act like he wanted to bite him. And then he would do his business in the yard, which pinworms, if you know anything about pinworms, that's where they come from. My kid would play in the grass and stuff. So I, I, I would go to my wife and I would bleed on her, you know. Oh, you know, this, I can't even have a yard where my kid can play without this dog doo-doo being all over the yard. I don't even own a dog. And I got this guy's dog doo-doo on my yard. And then this dog comes up and tries to take a whack at my kid. And then when I went out, he tried to take a whack at me. And, and he would growl and stuff at you and be mean. And so one day I said, I'm going to kill the dog. I was hunting. I was uh, bow hunting. I was pretty good at bow hunting at that time. And I had it all figured out. I'm going out at night, paint my face black. And I'm going to do a black arrow. Black arrow. And I'm going to put an arrow through the head of this dog. He won't run. He won't go anywhere. And he won't make any noise. My wife said, oh, you do that as a preacher down there at gospel. And God will have it found out. It's always good to have a prophet right next to you. <laughs> oh, he'll find it out. It'll be in the newspapers. Preacher at gospel kills innocent dog. <laughs> and so I'd go, oh, I want to kill him so bad. And uh, you know, my wife, a spiritual woman, she is. Why don't we pray about it? I felt like I felt Jackie Gleason on the honeymooners. And you young people don't know what that is, but maybe you do. I want to give her a free ride to the moon. I thought, man, I don't need no spiritual talk right now. But I did. I did need it. And she said, no, you can't do it, Bill. You can't do it. And I said, okay, but here's what I'm going to do. We're going to pray right now, and, and God better do something. He better do it quick. God knows my heart, and God knows I'm going to kill that dog. And God knew my heart, and God knew I was going to kill that dog. And so we prayed that God would take care of it. And the next day I came home, and the dog got hit by a car that day and died. The only, better, the only better ending to that story would be he went down to South Trail Animal Hospital. They spent 5000 bucks, and he still died. <laughs> that would have been the only better part of the story, brother. No, it was not my car. It was not my wife's car. It was not my son's car. It was not my relative's car. This was God. So he took that miserable mutt out of, out of this existence and saved me. And I can't tell you how much better that vengeance was than mine. Because first of all, I knew I had clean hands. I didn't touch the animal. You can intend to do it, but you don't do it, right? I mean, you know, it's different. There's not a lot of difference between those two but you're doing. Don't, you know, somebody's going somebody's gonna to do you wrong. 
You're not going to get out of this thing without some people doing you wrong. You just How many here have had somebody do them wrong? That's sad. That's sad. You see these three 20-year-olds in the back. Anybody ever done you wrong? No, they don't raise their hands, see? Too early. First of all, they haven't been married yet. But people are going to do you wrong. I've had people outright cheat me out of money. Outright cheat me out of money. Never, I, when I laid floor covering, I do the work, do exactly the way they wanted to do it. They just didn't pay me, said they weren't going to pay me. Sue them. I don't have any money to sue anybody. And I'd go away and need, need the money and just say, Lord, take care of me. Lord, take care of me. And he'd give me better work. And he'd give me better work that was better money. And uh, I've just, I can't tell you, story after story of God, if you'll do it his way, he's going to take care of you. You do it his way, he'll take care of you. He really will. And so what happened to these boys? What happened, what happened to the sons of Zariah? They took up a fence, as I said this morning, they took up a fence for David. Who was he talking about? He was talking about David. But these, these boys around David said, look, I'll do, we'll go up there, take, take, boop, take his head off for you. I've had people at this church, I had some persecution at this church here early on years ago. We had people that were doing bad. That while we had services, they put flyers on the cars. We, they, had, they, they, uh, they protested out front, uh, tried to create us some trouble. I, had, I know you're going to have a hard time believing this, but we've had members of this church speak badly about me. And I'd have some of my really loyal confidants come up to me and say, you want me to take him out? I said, take him out? No, I, I'll rough him up a little bit. I said, no, man, you can't rough people up like you can't. Are you not listening to what I'm talking about? But I mean, I've had him come up to me and say, preacher, we'll take care of it for you. No, no. Especially when Max says that, you want to listen to him. I got people. I know people. Man, no. No. I know where Hoff was buried. Don't. Don't tell me. But uh, you talking about me? And so, no. But I've had people in, with good intention. God bless them. And I appreciate their sweet spirit. They love me. But you don't take vengeance up for somebody else. You let God take the vengeance up. You're not even supposed to take the vengeance up for yourself. And so, so David's reactions, what was it? Let's go in verse 10 and 11. First of all, he said, God told him to curse me. David understood that if God told this man to curse him and call him a dead dog, or call him a lowlife, Belial, that it was good. Even, you get this now. When God causes somebody to rise up to be your enemy and call you all kinds of names, you got to believe it's good. Even that is good if God caused it to happen. David believed God caused this to happen, by the way. And he said, leave it alone. God has told him to curse me. He said, my own son. My own son's right, being raised up against me. How much more this old boy can curse me? 
He said, look, leave him alone. Because he knew God well enough to know that if you'll submit yourself to God and humble yourself before God, he'll raise you up. But if you exalt yourself and take your own vengeance, he's going to lower you down, won't he? going to lower you down. So if you want God to be on your side, you got to do it his way. And so if you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, he'll raise you up. But if you exalt yourself, you will be abased. And David was already abased. He didn't want to be abased anymore. And so he just appealed to the goodness of God Almighty, to the sovereignty. He did not have the New Testament. He did not know this verse. But I'm sure he understood the concept. All things work together for good to them that love God and are the called according to his purpose. He did not have that verse but he understood the concept. Submit myself to God. Let him take care of it. Ask him to help you. Oh, I like that. I like it. David believed in the underlying goodness and sovereignty of God. And in Romans 8, 28. And whatever was going to happen and come down, he was just going to accept it as from the hand of God. Does that remind you of a man named Job? You and I will never make it as good as those people did if we don't get a grip on that same attitude they had. Job lost everything that was valuable on this earth, including his health, including his wealth, including his family. And even on top of that, to, give, to, to have an extra thorn in his side, God left his wife alive. who said, curse God and die. Well, what a real helpmate she was. She got hers. She had ten more kids after that. Every time she squealed in pain, it was like, yeah, well, that's just. Curse God and die. And boy, I just don't know. I, I mean, I just read the book of Job, and I'm always just sitting there shaking my head those first two chapters and going, Wow, wow, I am like this big. I'm like, a, I'm, like, I'm like just a little small Christian compared to Job. He was a big Christian. He was a spiritual man. With all this, Job sinned not with his lips nor cursed God. Man, I want to pass that way. Do you? Well, if you want to, you can. God will give you the power. Remember that verse we read in John 15, 7? If you abide in him and his words abide in you, ask what you will and you receive it. Well, Lord, I want to pass the test like Job did. I want to pass the test like David did. I don't want to take my own vengeance. I want you to, I want you to be my God. I want you to be the one, the just God. Well, who quoted that? I believe it was, uh, he is a rock. His work is perfect. Just and right is he. Did you quote that a God without something in iniquity. But anyway, good verse. And uh, you trust him. You trust him. Or trust him. What will that lead to when I'm done? I said this was short, but preachers lie all the time. If you'll trust God and let you will 
have enemies. They will rise up against you. It will be at sometimes the most inopportune moments, the weakest moments, your most vulnerable moments. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. He'll flee from you, James 4, 7. What will it produce? And I end with this. It will produce with some very restful, peaceful nights. Do you like a good night's sleep where nothing's bothering your mind and you are just got peace like a river attendeth my way? Ooh. You'll have joyful spirit. You won't walk around Mr. Bitter, Miss Bitter. You'll walk around joyful. You're going to have a hard time keeping it in. Uh, you will be bitter free, and God's blessings will be upon you. Because you understood what David understood when Shimei came by. What will you do when Shimei comes by? Father, help us be able to understand a simple truth. Oh my, are we vulnerable here. I mean, I don't want God, many times my anger, my wrath wants to rise up and I want to take my own vengeance. I want to take my own wrath. I, I, Father, I'm weak in this area. I need your help. Help me to trust you, to be patient and wait upon you to finish the course. Father, we just pray you'd help us here tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.